0: Dude, I'm super
1: excited to finally have you on the show. That um, yeah, made me too. Look at this. What it's, you got a little Americano over there? A little
0: mini Americano. What you oh, got? Okay. got?
1: A little tea. Mm. It's feeling under the weather today, so I figured uh, no coffee would probably be the better suit.
0: Yeah, what is it about that? So I, 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 for a little while, thought I was the only one, but apparently this is a common thing. But when I'm sick, I don't want coffee at all
1: no it smells weird to me like i'm I'm sick dude Ugh,
0: i don't know why it's like repulsive like i don't want
1: that hot coffee what do you mean like i had some coffee this morning before i came in yeah and like usually it's something that i absolutely religiously will drink every single morning yeah and this morning i was like that was pretty terrible yeah (laughs) like i'm not gonna drink that and that's (laughs) (laughs) that's never happened
0: well, that's saying a lot cuz we have some of the best coffee out. Man. Yeah, we do. Honestly, I really it's so funny cuz we just stumbled upon some good coffee. It's so it's so crazy cuz I literally had no idea what I was doing when I um, you know, sort of formulated these roasts. And fortunately, I have some pe- I have just such great people around me this whole time because I went to Josh, who's our roaster, and I was just like, "Hey man, here's kind of what I'm looking for. And he came back with a million different things, and we narrowed it down. And then I pretty much, because some people are like, oh, man, your coffee's so good. And I'm like, well, that's good. That just means I have good taste. Because literally the only thing that was the the determining factor was, like, if I thought it tasted good. Like, (laughs) I swear to God. I was like, oh, no. Like, Josh brought me something else, and he was like, oh, this is, like, the best – you know, bean I got right now it's a light roast, and I tasted, it, and it was like a super fruity light roast. You know how these coffee kind of super, yeah, yeah, third wave yeah. bowl crap, yeah. yeah. So I tasted, it. I'm like, I don't want that. I literally said to him, Josh, I want like a regular ass cup of coffee. Like, I, I swear <laughs> that's that's what I said. I was like, you know, if 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 somebody that hits the Starbucks drive through every single day decides to give us a chance and they come in and they taste that third wave bull crap that you just gave me they're gonna be like oh this is like one. what is this because they're so different than what they're used to like i don't i'm a very common sense person and it served me well but that was like basically the approach and turns out people really like our coffee man speaking of starbucks though mm-hmm. speaking of
1: starbucks <laughs> how did you end up here <laughs> dude well you know the story, but mm-hmm. I'm going to tell this. So, I was actually with Starbucks for 13 years collectively. Yeah. I took a little bit of a break. I went to Scooter's Coffee, which is like a local coffee shop in mm-hmm. Omaha that has a bunch of locations now. And I was a district manager for them. So, I ran 15 stores at the same time That's during my crazy. tenure there. Um, and then came back to Starbucks. I was in the Seattle roastery, which was a massive space like if you can imagine you know there's there's a bar in there there's there's a there's a full-ass kitchen in there which is crazy is that like, the one you showed me a picture of yeah 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 and like it's crazy like these ovens that are in the back are just massive you yeah. know because they they actually partnered with this guy named uh rocco Princi, who runs his own bakery Princi, yeah and they he's in uh milan italy got it and basically him and Howard Schultz, like, paired up and whatever else and put those in all of the roasteries. Wow. Um, and it's it's crazy the amount of, like, actual work goes into having a, a good uh, croissant. Yeah. Like, you'd never imagine that's what it takes.
0: Yeah, do you know that um, a bakery here in St. Louis has just got the number two best croissant in the nation? I just saw that. James Beard. Yeah, like, dude. Significant i still want to go because i've
1: heard so such good stuff dude st louis
0: not to sidetrack but st louis has i think the most underrated food scene maybe in the country like that i know of for sure like we have such a good food scene from barbecue to italian to you know uh burgers to pizza like we have breweries we have i mean like forehands schlafly's like our whole we're like the whole enchilada
1: when it comes to the food scene here we really
0: i think we're on the come up man i think we're on the come up
1: i i agree because i've i've lived in a ton of places yeah and the best food hands down is in the midwest yeah really yeah a hundred percent like i've lived on the west coast Mm -hmm. i've lived in new york city has some pretty good food but oh well, yeah, you can't really there's there's no comparison. you can't compare that's like a different tier like you don't even bring that up, you know, like New York, Tokyo, okay, yeah, cool. That's yeah great. Like, we all know that,
0: but, dude, yeah, um, Midwest is where it's at, man, yeah, so you came back to Starbucks after scooters, though, yeah, you, yeah,
1: I came back to starbucks, uh was in Seattle for a bit, and my my now wife she actually got laid off from her like techie job that mm-hmm. she had um in Seattle, so we were kind of like in this weird position where we were like, you know, we're supposed to get married in September. It's gonna be in St. Louis, so yeah. like, do we stay in Seattle, try to tough it out till you find something else, or do we make the the grand decision to just move back across country to St. Louis? Mm-hmm. You know, which that was a huge thing for me because like, I don't I don't really know anybody in St. Louis, other really, than her and her family. Wow, you know, like, so for me, I was like, all right, this is really hard. I really like Seattle. It's a cool vibe. Like, it's beautiful all the time. Yeah, you know, to leave that was except for the rain. Except for the rain, but. <laughs> It, which is most of the time dude that's actually a kind of a common misconception really that seattle rains all the time but it's kind of like a weird front that everybody says because it's it mists a lot that's it got it like the entire time that we lived there it rained like twice like an actual rain really yeah
0: holy crap okay that's a very common misconception it's crazy i feel like
1: everybody says that about seattle yeah
0: yeah okay
1: but so yeah we, we made wait decision. but where are you
0: originally from if you didn't know anybody here
1: dude so i'm originally from denver colorado Got that's where it. i grew up yeah 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 and then i moved to chicago in 2015 i want to say 15 yeah I was there until 2020 maybe 2021 yeah and then we actually moved back to st louis for like two, like two or three months stint yeah then went to omaha for scooters and then seattle and then back to st louis got it all within like a crazy like three and a half year span
0: so you didn't want to come
1: yeah exactly
0: really yeah got it but you did ultimate. but i did yeah
1: and so i get back to like a normal ass starbucks right like the ones that you see on the streets mm-hmm. all the time the drive-thrus right i'm running running this store it's doing like
0: wait you were running the other the roastery yeah oh wow that's amazing yeah, okay man. All right. So I'm just, I'm clarifying, you know, Yeah. Um, I need to understand all the deets. So you're running, wasn't the store you were running here the highest volume store in the area?
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's, so that's actually a crazy thing too, because it doesn't have a drive through at all. You know? So really? Like, yeah. It's just a cafe store. And wow. 50, what was it? 54% of my business was all mobile, mobile order and pay. Wow. So like, just imagine that we were doing around 62 grand a week wow. in sales um, just off of fucking coffee and some sandwiches. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the one thing that I don't want to talk too much about yeah. Starbucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like one thing that they do really well is, you know, they, they can do a hell of a business with nothing. You know what I mean? With yeah. just coffee and food. It's crazy. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. It is crazy. I, I actually, so one of the things that I admire the most about Starbucks is because I'm like a branding marketing guy. I don't know. I've not always been that way, but I'm becoming that way. And man, their brand, their product is not that great. Uh, if just my personal opinion, but it's not. Um, but their brand is so good. And Alex Hermosi has this thing: brand is everything. Brand is everything. And he learned that lesson the hard way. I am a am a uh, a student, pupil, sort of of a guy who understood that thoroughly and who hammered it into me. Um, and so I love hearing guys talk about it, especially guys like Hormozy. But Starbucks is a perfect example of brand is everything because their branding, I don't, when I, when I first got into coffee, it was like, I was maybe 15, 16. Like I just got my license in New York. You get your driver's license in 15. So just got my driver's license and, and I'm like hit the drive through. I remember I'd I'd be like, man, I'm going to get canceled again. But I'd be like, I like my coffee like I like my women. Extra light, extra sweet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I used to just get this, you know, super sweet, like basically a little bit of coffee in my cream. Um, but. I remember at that time I would go to Dunkin Donuts and. The reason why I went to Dunkin' was because he's coaster, right? That well, makes sense. but but also I'm a bit of like a rebel. Like anything that's cool, I don't want it. You know, I don't yeah, know. I was yeah. always that way. I'm still that way. Like if it's trendy, I don't want. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so that was one piece of it. But the other piece is that Dunkin', rather than Starbucks, puts simple in their drinks. Mm-hmm. Duncan puts real sugar, granulated sugar, so you could oh, that's true. if you get an ice drink you can you you can suck it up in the bottom of the str- in the bottom from the bottom of the cup through your straw. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I would go, but when I would go, people would look at me like i like I was like drinking poor people coffee like like <laughs> Starbucks, their brand is so strong that it's almost like a a status symbol to be drinking starbucks like people will post about it like on their instagram stories like oh i got my stuff like and it's like i feel like it has this like real housewives vibe like oh we drink starbucks and if you drink duncan you're poor you're a peasant and they did that so effectively Dude, <laughs> that yeah. that now it's like like scooters like when you name these other like they're all they like they're all irrelevant yeah. they're all trash compared to starbucks which is not actually true Mm-mm. it's just the branding that they did it's so genius here's something
1: crazy to think about too their logo is a siren right a lot of people think it's a mermaid but it's actually a siren hmm. what do sirens do they lure you back in you know what i'm saying that's interesting so like for me i was like oh this is fucking culty i gotta get the fuck out of here really you know? yeah dude but you were there for 13 years
0: you were a part <laughs> of the cult you yeah, were was, there I like was. you know well and i'll get a lot speaking in tongues and, this, and shit but like
1: <laughs> i i'm a mad like i have mad respect for the previous ceo howard schultz like he
0: savage
1: he what he did to build that savage. company is ridiculous yeah. like he first left right and got called back because one of the CEOs was so bad at what they did, yeah. right? Like, he had to come and save the company in 2008 because it yeah. was going under. Yeah. You know, they shut every single store down and were like, all right, let's just reinvent Espresso, basically, yeah. and just focused on that. Yeah. And within, what, what was it, three or four years, they started making massive, they totally. were the, one of the first companies to make a billion-dollar profit.
0: Really? Yes. So they actually, fun fact, I believe Starbucks. I just recently saw this somewhere. They they control about eighty percent of the fast service uh, coffee industry. Like yeah. like if you're buying coffee, 80 out of out of a hundred, eight out of every ten people who buy a coffee today bought it from Starbucks. It's crazy. That is insane. That is crazy. It's, it's really cool. It's encouraging because that means they won't mind if I take a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, We'll even
1: the odds. We'll get like 50-50. So.
0: Yeah, but you were saying, okay, you said that you, you could get a little uh, a little pushback for saying this, but I don't think you said it. You said that you really liked Howard Schultz. But I really
1: this- love Howard Schultz. I, I'm saying that I might get some pushback from this because the store that I just recently left in November, like – So they were all they decided to be like a unionized store, Mm -hmm. right? And this is like a whole oh my gosh, a whole ass tangent. I
0: didn't tell you. What? Dude, I didn't tell you. The you know the one person that that one I don't know if the proper pronoun is he, she, but it's a dude Mm -hmm. that's on TikTok that Mm -hmm. like organizes all the Starbucks to go on strike. He came in here.
1: No, he didn't. I swear. Was he tall? Yes. Long hair? Tall,
0: long hair. No, he came, kidding. I swear. Oh, man. He came, oh, dude, he no, came here. With, he was in my store. He came here. He came here with it, and he was driving a van. This is how I knew it was, he was him. He driving a van? He, no, this is how I knew it was Weird. him. He, he was driving a van that said Starbucks you, employees unite. Like, it had no. like all this spray paint on it. Dude, I no swear. Shit. And Who I was like, this? Brian's going to shit his pants if he
1: walks in here and he sees this kid. Oh, man. I would be like, get out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, so, okay. You were saying they, they unionized at this. At this yeah, location. so they
1: unionized, which isn't a bad thing. You I You know, think like, it I don't think that, like, the idea of unions in general, I don't no, disagree that's not a bad, with. Yeah, yeah. However, in the coffee space and somewhere like Starbucks that... Dude, they have the best competitive pay. They have the best benefits in the entire industry, yeah. right?
0: They literally really take care of their employees. They really do. You don't need a union.
1: What the fuck are you complaining about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All these kids are like, oh, I'm I'm not making enough money, you know? And that's a slap in the face for somebody like me who had been with the company <laughs> for 13 years. And I was like, you're not making enough money. You're making Twice the amount of money that I was making when I was in your position. Yeah. I started as a barista at $8.22 an hour. Yeah. You know, and they're making like 19. No way. 100%. What? Yeah. To start. That's crazy. And benefits just for working for 20 hours a week. Wow.
0: And they pay for your college. And and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. That is nuts.
1: But that store just, dude, it drug. It, I just lost my purpose there, yeah, one hundred percent. Because I was like, I just don't agree with.
0: Well, the, because we, the reason,
1: well, yeah. But what was going on, right? They would go on strike. They would go on strike whenever they wanted to because they didn't have a contract yet, right? So, like the way that it kind of works is, it, as soon as you agree to have a union, you can say that you're unionized, right? Mm-hmm. You go through this third party union, whatever the rep. And uh, they all agreed to do it, right? And basically what happens from there is you're just battling with the company for a contract, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But that could take up usually up to two to three years. Mm -hmm. So like they're in that awkward limbo of like, all right, it's been a year and a half since they voted to be a union, um, and they don't have a contract. So within that period of time, they can actually legally strike for any reason at any time whenever they want to wow right so somebody who's running that store you know if they go on strike and there's not a you know you're the last one there's nobody else to fucking you know be there for the store except for you yeah so you're running a sixty-eight thousand dollars store a week by yourself yeah you know what i mean like it's just it's not possible it's not possible it just isn't yeah
0: that is insane
1: dude i would work 82 hour weeks and i was like i just i'm soulless You know what I mean? Like, there's no point. I'm giving my entire soul to this. Yeah. So 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 how did you end up at Omen? Yeah. So okay. so this is actually a cool story. So uh, my wife, Britt, she would go in to the coffee shop all the time. Yeah. You know, and she she kept bugging me about it. You know, she'd be like, you know, like, why don't you just go to Omen? Like, it's right there. You know, like because we live in the the apartments that are just literally right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I why like I get free coffee at Starbucks. I'm at a coffee shop all day. Like I don't need to go (laughs) do another fucking coffee shop. You know what I mean? So, you know, eventually she finally like convinced me to do it one day. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll go in on my my day off or whatever. So I go in, I come in, and you know, as soon as I come in, there's this guy, you know, his name is Mark, and he's like, Yo, dude, I really like your tattoos. And I was like, Oh, thanks, man. That's really nice to say, you know. (laughs) And I go up and I'm like, not really sure what to order or anything, so I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I'll just do some cold brew. You just you know?
0: drink black cold brew.
1: All I did was drink black cold brew during, during the summertime. I, I still do that. Yeah. And you give me back this cold brew. I take one swig of it on my way out, and you're like, have a great day, dude. See you later. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah you too. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, why does this taste so, like, crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I know you remember this. I, I definitely so, remember it. <laughs> so I'm, like, sipping on this thing for the rest of the day, because I'm like, and usually I drink my shit quick, yeah. you know, and it took me a while to get yeah. to the bottom of that thing. I was up until like 2.30 a.m. that day. I was like, what is going on? I know. But I was like, I got to go back. Like, maybe there's something weird with it. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to see if he knows, like, that that's. <laughs> that he's handing out, he's handing out weird gasoline. Cold gasoline yeah, and so um, I came in and you were like. Dude, I was so scared. I was never going to see you again. Like, I forgot to add the water to the cold brew. And I was like, oh, there it is. Okay.
0: (laughs) I gave Brian straight cold brew concentrate the first time he came. a full cup of it. And as soon as he walked out, I realized what I did. No, not as soon. Like, probably 10 minutes after because you were already gone. I would have went out and and caught you. We were already gone. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I must have went to go give somebody else some cold brew. And then realized it dawned yeah it dawned on me like oh i gotta water this down and then i was like shoot i already gave brian and what's funny is i'll tell people this and you know maybe it's uh, the very first time i met you i thought in the back of my head man i gotta get this guy to come work for me and then i didn't know I, oh yeah very first time dude i i swear i i you know like our heed the omen sings. That's kind of deep. Like I, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I think, you know, the universe or God or whatever people believe. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me what they call it. But I feel like if you, um, I don't know if you nurture that relationship, and uh, you can really. You can really open up your mind or your heart or whatever and, and listen, you can listen. And, and so, you know, there's always a a million different thoughts that go through our head, but like one of the most powerful things that ever happened to me was I realized that our minds are very, very easily influenced and manipulated, like very easily, like and not even sometimes intentionally. Like for example, you eat a Dorito. What do you think?
1: This is delicious. I want to keep eating it. I want
0: to keep eating it. I want another Dorito, right? So, like, it's a simple example, but perfect. Your brain, you know, sort of is, it's so easy to manipulate. <clears throat> and so I, um, when I came to terms with that, and I've done, like, some deep diving into psychology, so I, like, actually understand the mechanisms now, but I'll spare everybody those explanations. <laughs> but, like, when I came to terms with that... <clears throat> I realized that my whole life I had been, this is, dude, this is why the company's called Omen Coffee. This is why there's Heed the Omens. Like it's, I don't, I don't know if I've ever explained it like the, the, in this way, but I realized that my whole life I have kind of like, you know, that analogy having like the devil on one shoulder and an angel on another, but not, not devil and angel, but I've just had two voices in my head. And one I, I, I think of as my brain. And the other one I think of as my heart and um, or God, right, could be mm-hmm. the heart one. And so <clears throat> I started practicing in that moment and I have over the last eight years now practicing, recognizing when the voice it, it, which which I are identifying which voice is my brain and which one is my heart. And I've become pretty good at listening to the heart voice you know and this is why I have the like big thing with people who listen to my previous podcast I had this thing always adhere to rule number one that's one of our core values it's on our our coffee sleeves rule number one is if you think it do it there's more to it if you heard it if that's all you heard you would think well that's kind of stupid you can't be very impulsive but what I mean is if you hear your heart say something you should follow that and I live my life that way I really do that's why I quit my job I mean i you know i mean i really do so that's what heed the omens is all about is is listening for your heart and so the very first time i met you i swear in the back of my head i was like man you got to get this guy to work for you and when <clears throat> i'm 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 religious and so for me the way i think about it is like it's confirmation that it was my heart voice or my God voice because it came tr- it came to fruition. Like when God says something should be something, he, you know, it's, it's, it's real. And if, and if it's not real, then it doesn't come to fruition. And so it's really, it's really cool. Like I, I remember thinking that and then I remember thinking it later and I had this conversation with James who, you know, mm-hmm. and James, it was a conversation where it, it, James was like toying with the idea of atheism and Mm -hmm. and i used you as an example i was like bro you cannot tell me like there's things that happen that are just like sometimes i just know things like and you i can't attribute it to anything else like um but anyway yeah so fun fact i and i was really worried because in my head i i had caught that and i and i and i latched onto it and i said okay this is, might be something that I, need to, that I need to put some energy towards. And then I realized that I messed up. And I'm like, there's no way this guy's ever going to want to come work for <laughs> me. There's
1: no way. I just gave, I can't even get the cold brew right. Uh, no, it's weird that you say that because on, on the opposite end of the spectrum, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not religious at mm-hmm. all, right? But I still felt that same energy. When I first came in here, I was like, that dude seems like really cool. Like he's talking about how he just like quit everything – that he's ever done to Mm -hmm. come do this. Yeah, I was like, that's something I've always wanted to do and I respect like madly. Yeah, And I was like, in my head, I was like, man, this has got to be a weird fate thing because- You didn't even want to come to St. Louis. I didn't even want to come to St. Louis and that's the thing. And here's, I don't think I've ever told you this part, but I didn't want to come to St. Louis so bad, right? But I was Googling other jobs because I didn't want to go back to a normal Starbucks. And during that job search, I saw that there was like a GM posting for Omen Oh wow, that's crazy. In April or some shit, yeah. right? And I'm like, I click on it and I'm like, oh, this place looks legit and it would be right next to where we're going to live. Like yeah. that's crazy. And I remember like, oh, should I apply? And I almost did, and then I got like a relocation with Starbucks, so I was like, okay, never mind, I don't need to. Wow. But so like, that's crazy. There already was like a small seed that was planted.
0: You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that is crazy. So,
1: and I think about that all the time. I'm like, dude, there's so many things. It's that, so weird I how think the universe things, does that. It
0: is, and even people who are not religious, like it's because for for a long time I was not religious, but I've kind of always been. I, I've always been a believer, but, um, but regardless of where you are on that spectrum. I think that it's undeniable that there's just like something there's this connectivity there's order there's order amongst the chaos that is life in the universe and like it's so crazy to think about and if you pay attention like you could just you can see it and then I think where I'm at is like you start to notice like the omens or the signs or the patterns and and then you feel like what I just said, like, man, I just know things sometimes, but it's just you paying attention and and then having observed this connectivity that exists sometimes in life, being like, okay, there's a chance that this could be the outcome. Cause I've seen the two clues leading up to this. Like, yeah, that, dude. That's really, really crazy. So, okay. So you said you've lived in um a lot of different places. And mm-hmm. you know, I just happen to like I just I I feel like you're such a good dude that Which, by the way, I'm pumped that you're here. Um, But you're such a good dude. And I don't know why I have this, I make this assumption about people, but I just do. And maybe it's because I've been through so many hard things. um, But I feel like in order to be as good of a dude as you are, you had to have gone through some really hard phases because uh, usually the biggest shitheads that i've met they just never been through nothing and that's why they're that way they're either entitled or they're super sensitive or they're you know they don't have a a a mature perspective of life right and so um i want to hear a little bit about like who you were before i knew you um and like some of the things that you know that you've gone through that maybe have led to you being you know that have shaped who you become today
1: yeah, it's a loaded question. It is a loaded question. I but love like, it.
0: You know, my favorite, have I ever told you my favorite? I have. Yeah. My favorite question to ask people is what's the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life? One time I gave, the first time I ever interviewed somebody ever was when I owned my gym and I was trying to hire this trainer. I was trying to hire a trainer to take my spot because I was, I was going to attempt to keep my gym when I moved here. It didn't work out. I was trying to find somebody, and this kid came in, and he was like overqualified, PhD, all this stuff. And I just oh, looked man. at him. He, we sat down. The first question I asked him, "Dude, what's the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life?" <laughs> and he just didn't know how to answer. And he just a terrible answer. It was like college or something. And I was like, "Cool, man, you ain't the one." <laughs> I, swear, <laughs>
1: I, I swear, this ain't it, actually. I
0: swear. But anyway, yeah, I know it's a loaded question, but like, I I don't know. I truly believe that. Like good things are great to talk about, but like, I don't know. I think we become who we become because of the because of the low moments, and like they always say, like life is not about what you go through; it's about how you respond. And there's just a million different cliches. But yeah, I want to hear a little bit about some of the things that have shaped who you become.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, I think in my, I'll start with my my adult life. Like, I think the hardest thing, uh, ah, man. Like, so in, I'll take you back to like Chicago, right? So, yeah. The whole reason why i even first moved to chicago was for my ex at the time right mm-hmm. um you know she had just gotten into grad school in chicago you know and it, it's funny because i was in denver right like i i grew up in relatively the same area my entire life in mm-hmm. denver and um you know that that was all that i really knew i was with uh my brother at the time we were in a band together yeah and you know, we would do some traveling, we do some touring, we weren't anything like big or anything like that. But, um, you know, for me, that was something I was truly going after was being like a professionally touring musician in my life. Um, and it was really, I was at a really weird point in time where she was like, well, Hey, I'm about to move to Chicago. You know, I think things are going to end for us. And Mm. I was young and stupid, you know, I was like 20 years old or whatever. And I was like, I'll just come with you. I don't know what you mean. Ah. It doesn't have to end. Yeah. Why does it have to end, yeah. you know? So, you know, I make this this grand decision to to move. And I really didn't tell anybody about it. You yeah. know, like I don't I'm trying to think of like why? I think I was mainly it was fear. Like I was I was scared to to like hurt my brother, you yeah. know, cuz we had really built this band together and like you know, the the best way I could describe my relationship with my brother was it's like bark on a tree. You know what I mean? Like we were so close. Yeah. You know, and like I admired him so much. Is he so older? He's older. Yeah. he. I think he'll be 32 this year. So just a little older. Yeah. Um, You know, so it was just out of fear. I didn't tell him until like a week before I was moving. I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm out of the band and I'm going to move. Wow. And he took that real hard, you know, like, and the rest of my family did too. They were, they were really, really, upset that i was making the decision to do that you know to just for a girl but in my heart at the time i was like this is this is how i've got to grow like yeah you know i've been in the same spot and i feel like kind of to your point you're never gonna truly evolve as a human being unless you put yourself into something uncomfortable yeah you know and at that time in my life i, I had never really done anything uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know so I was like all right, let's do this thing. You know, I move out to Chicago. You know, I'm I'm with this girl for maybe a year ish, give or take, you know. And it, it I had no no friends in Chicago. I didn't know anybody but this girl, right? Yeah. Um and then she she ended up cheating on me. Mm-hmm. So things ended obviously and that yeah. was kind of like the hardest thing I ever went through at the That's
0: time. That's so hard, man. Dude, it's that's hard yeah like matters of the heart oof like i swear man at one point i really i literally thought i was just gonna stay single forever like i mean i mean i was convinced oh me too like i was convinced like i like grace i met grace but when i started when i started talking to grace i had been single and didn't even go on a date for over two years like not like no, I didn't talk, I didn't talk to any girls. I didn't hook up. I didn't nothing. I was just content. Like I'm just gonna be a, a, a what do they call them? A eunuch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I swear, man, because I just <clears throat> and it's crazy because my 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 relationship that I got out of at that time, it was my decision. Like I'm the one that called it off. But it broke my heart. It yeah. broke it broke my heart to to have to tell somebody I was with for six and a half years like i'm just i I just don't see us being together forever so i don't want to go any further yeah why do it yeah um broke my heart and i was like
1: you know what this ain't worth it
0: (laughs) um but i can't imagine dude being betrayed like that especially after it was crazy you moved your whole life out there
1: well like i reflect years later like i still think about it every once in a while yeah like dude, I contributed so much to the reason why she would have wanted mm-hmm. to leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I absolutely forgive her because, yeah. you know, like, people are people. Well, who you're a 20, human, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shit happens. But yeah. for me, that actually was the biggest transformation I ever had as a human being was, like, okay, betrayal is real. Yeah. You know, and, like, I learned so much from that. Um, And I'll never forget, like, I had some amazing friends that I built while I was there already Mm -hmm. that I didn't know very well yet, but they still took me in, you know, as one of their own. They're like, yeah, like you could stay with me. Yeah. For however long you need. Um, And then there was a small point in time where like, I thought I'd found a new roommate to go move in with and things ended up like falling through. So I ended up just like living on the streets for, about three or four weeks no during way. that time so like what do
0: you mean living on the streets like
1: well so i don't have you ever been to chicago
0: once but i i didn't like walk around i didn't see the city i went to a music festival there so i like went straight to the stadium stayed at the stadium for then, three days and then went right back you know so i'd, so I'd, I'd never seen chicago
1: this is like <laughs> i don't tell a lot of people this mm-hmm. but like there's there's this area in chicago called um lower wacker drive and it's basically like Six or seven stories worth of just literal underground like passageways Mm -hmm. for traveling, right? And so I would just go down there for almost a month and I would just sleep. Really? Yeah, dude. Wow. And like for me, I just didn't want to bother. Like I'd already slept in two different people's houses at that time Mm -hmm. and like had used their resources and used their food and like, you know, didn't pay for any of it because I was fucking broke, Mm -hmm. you know? Cause it was 20 years old and like making no money. Yeah. And so for me just once again, it was more of like a, a fear thing. Like, all right, I'm not going to reach out to, to my mom. I'm not going to reach out to my family. Cause I don't really want to leave Chicago. Yeah. You know, they, at the time they were all in Denver. So I was like, well, you know, this job is the only thing I really have at this point. Yeah. You know, so I just hunkered down and was like, you know what, fuck it. Like this is what I got to do until <laughs> I figure it out. I Man. found some dude on Craigslist um, named Ben, and he kind of helped pull me out of that entire situation. Really? Yeah, he took me in, and, um, dude, we became really, really close. Really? Yeah.
0: So what was it? Like, he he was running out of room or something like that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I guess he was, like, he was kind of desperate to find somebody. Yeah. And I, like, showed up or whatever, and we just instantly clicked. You know, yeah. like, he at the time, he was, like, 31 or something like that and i was a kid you know but it just worked for whatever reason yeah and i lived with him for the remainder of the time before i had found brit
0: man that is so so i i left my parents house when i was 16 years old and for a few weeks to similar like friends couches things like that and man that's a low point It, it it really and i think i was I was too immature to like take anything from it at the time. Like I I really was. What about you? Like is there I mean in those uh, in, in, on those nights when you're sleeping on the streets, you know, was there any like nights where you just sat there and thought about your life and like figured anything out or it was every night, dude? Just survival.
1: Every single night. Yeah. Cuz you're not really if you've never truly slept on a street before. Yeah you don't understand like the gravity of the situation. You know, you, you're in your house, like picture this, you're in your house, right? And you have these four walls and a door that you can lock if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, and you have the warmth of like a blanket and you have a pillow that's nice, nice and cushy. And maybe you have a sexy wife and a nice dog, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these things that keep you comfortable, but in the street, you don't have any of that. Literally nothing yeah and it's cold as shit yeah you know so like you're not really you're not truly sleeping yeah you i always i would be like one eye open yeah you know what i mean
0: you know i was i was two things i I have come to my mind one is i was running today i ran a half marathon before this no big deal uh (laughs) but uh let's go i was running today and um i ran past this person on the street and they were. I was on one of the busiest streets in downtown market street and a person had like laid down and wrapped themselves in a blanket on the sidewalk at a busy intersection on market street. And I thought to myself, like, no, there's no covering. They weren't in a doorway. They were just uh, hunkered up against like the side of the building and the sidewalk right there, the Mm -hmm. crevice. And I thought to myself at first, I said, man, that's an odd spot to pick. If you could sleep anywhere, it's weird that they would just sleep right there. But then I thought to myself, I bet you the reason why they sleep there is because to sleep in a spot that's secluded makes you vulnerable. It does. If you sleep in the in wide open in broad daylight, at least nobody will mess with you. Yeah. Nobody will come and, you know, assault you or, you know, any of those things. So it was interesting because, I, you know, it's so funny that I didn't know that we were going to talk about this, but I literally had that thought today of like, wow, if I was homeless, where would I sleep? Would I sleep somewhere like that? That person's smart. I probably would have intuitively thought, sought out a place that was secluded, and it probably would have got me in trouble. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, when I was in prison, I, uh, I would, I would not the whole time. Once I started to change my life and my attitude and things like that, okay. I uh, had this morning routine and I've shared this a million times, but I had this morning routine. This morning routine saved, it changed me. It made me who I am now. And this is part of the reason why I'm so passionate about coffee. Um, I'm not a coffee nerd. I for, for me, coffee has a nostalgia. It brings me back to those mornings, those mornings that built me. And anyway, I had this morning routine and I would, as soon as I opened my eyes, I would open my eyes and I would immediately, the first thought that would come to my mind is thank you. Like I was in this mode where it was kind of a spiritual journey for me, but I was just practicing gratitude almost every minute of the day. Almost, like it was, I can't even explain it. I've tried to explain it over the years. It's like, I was like, I had an elevated level of consciousness I had this constant dialogue with the universe or that's what I called it at the time. I was distancing myself from religion, but I just still was like, I've always been a believer. So I had this constant dialogue. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. First thought that would open my, as I opened my eyes would be thank you. And I would roll off my cot onto my hands and knees and I would put my forehead on the floor and I would be like, thank you, God. Thank you. And I would say, I said the same gratitude prayer every morning, but it, but part of it would be, Thank you so much. I know there's hundreds of millions of people in the world right now that would give their left hand to wake up in the same place that I just woke up with a roof over my head, with a with a mattress to sleep on, you know, with clean water to drink and food to eat. I got breakfast at seven o'clock. Like and I would just I would always remind myself, but it was people like you that I was thinking about. Like not just people all over the world that don't have what we have in the United States, but people that literally We're sleeping on the streets like it's worse than prison. Granted, the only, there's a caveat, it's not not worse than prison because you still had the opportunity to go get yourself out of that situation, you know, eventually like you did with Ben, right? Whereas I don't, but still the conditions on that night were worse than the conditions that I was sleeping in. For real, that's crazy. It really is, man. I think
1: the idea of that gratitude is everything.
0: It is everything it will change and you know what? I'm just gonna go off it annoys the heck out of me because social media has like it's 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 made it cool, no, it's made appearing like you're you're committed to the process enough mm-hmm. rather than actually being committed to the process. I used to coach people um that would try to like build businesses and basically become professional influencers online and i would always say there's two essential ingredients you have to be truly committed to the process and you have to showcase the process because if you're truly committed to the process but you never show anybody i'm sorry but that's not going to get you any traction nobody's going to follow you because you're not showing anything um but if you're if you only show it and you're not actually committed to the process, I could see through it. If I'm if I if I if I've actually done it, I know that you're not and doing nobody's it. Nobody's gonna right? respect you. Exactly, you're not gonna. It's and it's not gonna sell. The consumers are smart, right? And that concept is applicable to so many things. But specifically, gratitude. There's so many people that I see online, and they write their little five things that I'm grateful for today. Uh-huh. That is not. When I think about a gratitude practice, now it doesn't have to look the way that I just described. But that was my gratitude practice. I would get on my hands and knees and I would feel every ounce of gratitude that I was verbally expressing. I would muster the feeling of gratitude and I would let myself really feel it, really picture people like Brian sleeping on the street while, and then think about the bed that I just woke. That's when you really exert mental and emotional energy, in your gratitude practice, it will change your life because it, because it changes your perspective. You cannot walk throughout the day now and not feel that gratitude. You can't get back in bed after doing something like that without being like, ah, oh, thank you. I was sleeping on a mattress that was like two nothing. inches thick and then a metal cot underneath that with a blanket that had holes in it. But you know what? That blanket fills everything in the <laughs> winter. <Yeah. laughs> um, but to your point, I agree a thousand percent, man. Real gratitude and and allowing yourself to live in that state of mind it is so powerful. It really is.
1: I'm like, I'll think of, you know, there's the, obviously there's times right where, I'm, I'm at this stage in my life, right? Like I'm I'm 29, I'm going on 30 this year, right? And Spring I'm like, chicken. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, I have all of this life and all of this experience in it. Feels like sometimes com- like when you start comparing yourself to other people, I'm like, man, I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. But then you got to always come back and be like, dude, I have a, a home. Mm-hmm. I have a dog. I have a wife. Like so many things that a lot of people do not have. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a job like that's crazy to think that that is something you can be grateful for in this economy. But like,
0: dude, I it's feel, so true. I feel the same way. I'm like, man, I'm 31 years old. And I got nothing to show for. I think about the fact that I was in prison from 19 to 25. And I'm like, where would, my, where would I be if I didn't waste six years? You know, like I just I get so down on myself. But the one thing that I always come back to, which I will say to you as well, is perhaps the biggest lesson that I took from prison was. That perspective that I've shared in the men's group of how most people in society, they're voluntarily imprisoning themselves in the same exact routine that I used to live in in prison. They're not living their life. They're just alive, like, you know, and so there's a couple of things that I think mark a life that's being pursued right and one of them though and maybe the the most significant factor is finding a job or a career or a profession that you actually look forward to doing because you spend more time in your life working than you do anything else anything you spend more time working than you do with your spouse you spend more time working the only other thing that you do more than work is sleep and and that's you know debatable it depends on who you are right (laughs) um but you're going to spend more time working in your life than you do anything else. And so I think that is that is an, an indispensable piece of the puzzle to living a happy and fulfilled life is having a job that you look forward to going to every day. And now you have that, which is really cool. I feel super pumped about that. Um, Dude,
1: I used to literally, a couple months before I took this job, mm-hmm. would wake up in the morning and be like, is it even worth it? Yeah, you know what I mean. I should just quit today. Like, what is my life? Yeah, yeah, you know. And then going from that to this, where I'm like, oh my god, like I'm actually stoked. Yeah, I'm actually you know? stoked. I get to go like, see. Is I get, it hard some days? Yeah, of course. It's what hard. is it? Yeah, you know what I mean,
0: yeah, it should be hard. I yeah. mean, that's cool. If it's not if hard,
1: it, then you're not putting in enough. Not
0: only that, work, but you're, 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 you're. We we there's this, you know, this chicken or the egg kind of thing that we do about hardness where. If it's hard we complain about it being hard but if it's not hard we get bored. Right. It you know, it needs to be there's a certain it has level to be hard. there's a certain level of hardness that we require in order for it to be fulfilling. Like so but I will say dude not only do you have a house, not only do you have, you know, stuff to eat and you have this amazing wife, but you also have a job that you look forward to going to every day, which is like I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. So, yes, gratitude is a huge thing. When did you discover that? In, in that time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean, because it's, it's crazy. It's like you have everything to nothing. You know what I mean? You literally start at square zero. Dude. Right? Like, all of my shit was still at my ex's, like, apartment, right? Yeah. Because as soon as all that ended, I was like, I'm not staying. You mm-hmm. know, like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm never going back. Yeah. And, you know, I just, it was me and my backpack, you know? it's like going from literally just the most basic necessity, right, Mm -hmm. like to nothing is insane. It just is. I,
0: I think that what's really incredible about this is most people, when you say nothing, most people are not even able, like anybody listening right now probably, is not even able to wrap their minds around the kind of nothing that you mean. Because even when you're born, you have something. Your parents had clothes and diapers and baby formula and all this stuff waiting for you. You're born. The hospital. In this scenario, you had a literal nothing, which is really inspiring, man. It's really cool. And maybe that's – it had to have contributed a lot to who you are now. Because I know that coming home from prison with absolutely nothing – it's given me this fearlessness. Like now I know that like I could lose everything. Yeah. And and I'll be fine. I I could rebuild something in a year.
1: And the, the thing that I really took away from just all of that is like I just really at the end of the day, and I know this is going to sound like I'm an ass, but like I just don't give a shit what people think of me. Mm. I just don't care. It's
0: so liberating.
1: Like it just, yeah. And like when I see other people talking to me about like, man, I don't know like what this person's going to think, you know? And I'm like, why do you give a shit? Yeah. They're not living your life. Yeah. You're the only one who's going to be living your own life. Yeah. You know,
0: that's amazing. Like I
1: just don't care. Like I just don't, you know,
0: man, sometimes I wish, man, I was, sometimes I wish we could give people, our lessons you know yeah. like i
1: just wish i could just
0: give it to you i'm sure you feel the same way when yeah, you man. hear somebody saying that oh but what is my boss gonna think or what is my who cares like, who gives a <laughs> shit yeah yeah all right so that was chicago and you're 20 years
1: old mm-hmm. all right so keep, like i'm because I'm now you're life. 29 yeah. right and we, 29. we we gotta like, we gotta yeah, bridge a some lot, years lot yeah. To cover, I guess, yeah you know and like so yeah like, i move in with with my with my uh, roommate ben yeah you know and yeah, I mean, that was like a, just an interesting time in general where I was just rebuilding from there, you know, like moved into an apartment. It was awesome. Like with a cool dude, with a cool roommate for the first time in my entire life. Like I never went to college. Yeah. So like for me, I've never had that sort of like experience of like, oh, I'm going to like room and board with a yeah, bro, with somebody, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like, he taught me a lot of life lessons and really he was, he was the one person that inspired me to be like obsessed around business yeah you know because he dude that guy when i think of a savage the first savage i've ever truly met yeah he's a fucking savage dude really like he would he would wake up at i shit you not at like 5 a.m after bartending until like 2 a.m yeah just to go and work like on his um he's like a he's like a, a how do you say it, a personal coach like, like a like, personal trainer. No, like a, like a life coach. Oh, okay. Got you know, it. like he'd go yeah. and work on that business part of it. Yeah. Until 9am, 9am, he'd go to his nine to five. That was like hospital admin. Yeah. And then get off and then.
0: Take a nap, go take bartend. Take a nap
1: and then go bartend. That's like it was crazy. insane. Yeah. And for me, I, you know, I was like 20, 22, something like that. Yeah. You know? And I was just like, the fuck is this guy doing? Like, does he have a life? Yeah. You know, cause you're like young, you're stupid. You don't really know like.
0: That that is the life. that, that is the life. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> and I'm like, damn, if I would have like figured that out sooner mm-hmm. than now, mm-hmm. man, I would have been miles ahead, mm-hmm. you know, but I took so much from that. Cause I'm like, i have I've, this is the first time in my adult life, probably since, uh, maybe 2019 that I haven't had a second job Yeah, because of him
0: got it you know who's always
1: showed me like hey if you want to be successful like you have to grind
0: yeah you gotta grind you have to grind yeah i'm i'm there's there's two camps there but i'm in the camp of like you gotta i like to put all my eggs in one basket no doubt no doubt about it just because we have a finite amount of energy and it's hard to give like i always think to myself if I split my energy 50, 50, there's somebody out there that's trying to do the same thing I'm doing, but they're giving it a hundred percent and they're going to, and they're going to beat me, you know? So, um, all right. So you, so you, you hang with Ben and then when did you meet your wife?
1: Yeah. So that was like after maybe it'd been like a year and a half, you know, Mm -hmm. cause it takes a little time where you're like, I don't even trust anybody. I don't trust anybody. hundred percent. Like, never going to be with a girl again. Yeah. That type of mentality. Yeah. And I I just started going on, like, random dates with a bunch of random girls, you know, like, all on dating apps. And that's how I met uh, Brit. No way. Yeah, it was a dating app. Man,
0: that's amazing. That's kind of encouraging. Yeah. Because I have this really bad stigma in my head about dating apps. Uh, I do, too. No, I do a (laughs)
1: hundred percent. No, no, no. I I can't stand it that that's the way that we met. Yeah, yeah. I hate telling the story because of that. That's I'm like, hilarious. I'm like, dude, it's just not cool. You yeah. Know? It's not. I'm like, I'd so much rather be like, Oh yeah, I met, I met her at <laughs> a, a park <laughs> at a or like, yeah. you know, I, I went to go and bend over to find a, a penny and she did too at the same moment, you know, like, and then
0: we bumped heads. Yeah. It, yeah. It's
1: like, it was not a, a cool meet. It cute, was I sw- unfortunately. I swiped right. I swiped right. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. It was, it was a cool dating app though. It was like this one, I don't, the inner circle was like the name of it it was yeah. like some stupid thing that was like geared towards business people yeah and for me i was like i'm not gonna go on tinder because that's all just for fucking yeah you know, like not gonna do bumble because like i'm too impatient to wait for somebody to reach out to me got it so i was like oh, i'll just do some niche app yeah um and it was funny because it was like a bunch of dudes like in their 50s and 60s and i'm like i'm 22 like <laughs> You know, I'm going to post my photo. (laughs) Hey, that's probably why you got all
0: the catches. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) No, literally the only catch I had was Brit on that app. Yeah. It's funny because I had downloaded the app for one day, literally. And she did too, apparently. Yeah. And we both like swiped right or whatever. Wow. And (laughs) I actually, this is fucked up to say, but I remember when I was swiping, I was like, yeah, she's cute. But like, I wonder like who else is on here, (laughs) you know, like, so I'm like trying to keep my options open. Yeah. You know, being a dude or whatever. Yeah. And then, but she was the only one obviously like who was like reaching out and yeah. she was being like proactive about it and was like, Hey, you know, how are you doing? Blotty, blotty.
0: That's so cool. You know, and I was like, Oh,
1: you know, like, yeah. Do you want to go on a date? Cause I'm one of those guys. Like I don't, I don't know how to interact on a phone very yeah. well with somebody else.
0: Yeah. And you have such good people skills, but I'm the same way. Like if you text me, it might take me three days to text you back. Yeah, like, same. Like, like
1: I think it might be a millennial thing to be honest. Cause like, what is millennial?
0: People always say that, and I'm always too embarrassed to ask them. Like, what year anybody, range is that?
1: Anybody born, I think the year is like 1982. I want to say to 1995 or six.
0: God, it's so like I'm anybody in
1: that like bracket. So
0: I'm millennial. Yeah, got yeah. it. Okay.
1: So I, for me, I think that's like, I think it has to do with that. Yes. Yeah. I feel like anybody in it makes sense because we didn't Z,
0: we didn't all grow up with phones. No, no, yeah. no.
1: I didn't get my first phone until I was like, I don't know, in high school.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think me too. Honestly. And that was like
1: a, I mean, dude, that was like a luxury. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, like we weren't rich or anything. Like I was,
0: I had flip phone. Yeah, I had, same. I, I had a flip phone with the anal- where you dial yeah, the dialed. number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah texting did, and all that. I didn't right? have a I didn't have a smartphone until I was like way later, probably. Night, probably right before i went to prison honestly it was my first smartphone it it was so real that when i came home i was uncomfortable using the smartphone really like i i, ne- I never had a, like much experience with the smartphone i've always now.
1: wanted to ask you this actually yeah. like what is that experience like where you're 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 in prison right like you're blocked off from real society for fucking five years and then mm-hmm. you come back to all this new technology is that like
0: Mind-boggling? No, honestly, I, I kind of assimilated like as if I had never been gone. Like it was like I didn't miss a beat. Like nothing was nothing was strange. Like people think that it would be strange. Nothing was strange. The only thing that lingers is I'm still to this day very intimidated by technology. Like if you ask me, like like I'll give you an example. I was building this business. my first business was a nutritional coaching, personal training kind of thing. But nutritional coaching was like the heart of it. Like we were talking in the beginning how nutrition is so much more important than exercise. And so I was having massive success, um, helping these women, uh, lose weight. And, um, and at the time, like, so I came home 2018, this is like my fitness pal has been a thing. Like at the time, every co every profession really had embraced technology I was still coaching people the old-fashioned way. I would write out their diet. I would write out, like, I'd be like, okay, here's a list of the proteins that you can eat, and here's a list of the carbs that I would use, and here's a list, and here's what I want you to, and I'm writing it out, the grocery list, like, everything on paper. And and then I remember I connected, this is how I ended up in St. Louis, but I connected with a company, a St. Louis-based company, First Form, and they are in the business of, like, basically coaching coaches and they wanted me to coach the way that they coached all the coaches which is the most efficient way to coach which is using my fitness pal having people track their food that way you have a digital diary of what they've eaten and you can just easily look over it and and i was doing everything the hard way the old-fashioned way and she, when she found that out the woman that I was working with at the time She's like, are you kidding me? Like she could, she was mind-blown that I was able to have as much success as I had, and that I had as many clients as I had, and I was doing this all with no and she's like, Mark, why won't you just use the app? Like your life will be so much easier. And I had to admit to her, dude, technology, learning a, a new app is so intimidating to me. I would rather write every diet out. I would rather and i am still still to this day, I'm that like is that. That's crazy. I, I lean on like Grace. And you and Lau and like if there's anything to, you'll notice this like when the printer came,
1: mm-hmm. what did I do? Oh I yeah, mean, you're like here, Brian. You want to figure that here, out? Here, Brian, yeah. hook the printer
0: up. I will not do it. I will literally not do it. I, I don't give I, a.
1: I did not put that. Together. I will.
0: I will manually punch people out at the register before I'll hook up a POS system. I will. <laughs> I swear, I will not do it. And it's just because I'm so intimidated by it. Well, that's the only thing that that lingers. But even then, it was not like it was weird for me. I just preferred not to use it i would just do it the old-fashioned way and then the other thing the only thing that was weird was my dog when i left my dog was like my dog And when i came home she was all gray
1: oh, and it broke
0: my heart it so sad. It, it broke my heart it made me cry yeah i swear Can dogs
1: it. not visit in prison no <laughs> Oh, that
0: sucks. <laughs> no, they should be able to, but but yeah, that was the only thing that really broke my heart. My dog was all gray, and I had never seen her like that. I'm just like, Damn. what is going on? You know. So anyway, yeah. Answer to your question. Um, But what were what were we talking about before that? Oh, Britt, you met Britt. Oh, yeah, met Brit. dating Brit. app. Okay, go, keep going. So
1: so on this dating app, I take her out on this first date. Cause I'm I'm just one of those people that's like, I don't know, like I just don't spend a lot of time with mm-hmm. texting. That's where we live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh i take her out to this uh this like random dive bar in chicago called um first what is it full moon tavern something like that yeah and it's like a hole in the wall space it's, it might not even be there anymore i don't know but i used to go there all the time for their sloppy joes <laughs> they had such good sloppy joes and beer and it's like You're anyways a savage, yeah, yeah so i was like oh i'll just go here because i really like it and yeah like, she can come to me you know type yeah. deal and worst case scenario you get
0: a sloppy joe out of it exactly exactly i was like oh
1: if she doesn't show up or something like at least i'll be entertained so that's nice you know but she shows up she's a real person you know because those apps that's the other thing like you never know like really like ai is a real thing wow like you don't know who's toying with you or like trying to catfish you and all that shit so for me i was just like i'll meet in a very public mutual place you know so i feel comfortable so that she feels comfortable you know all that thing and like we just had one of the most raw conversations together on this first date, you really? know? And it was crazy. Cause I, I had planned out in my head to be gone for like maybe an hour and a half with her. And we had already been at this bar for like three and a half hours. Wow. And I, it was one of those conversations you like look down at your watch and you're like, Oh shit.
0: Yeah. Like I it's got-
1: already that time. That's crazy. Yeah. And then we were like, do you want to, keep talking like go somewhere else and you are like yeah sure like so we w- went back to wicker park which is where i was living at and in the time and we went to this like weird uh bookstore that had like three or four stories and like looked for books and then wow went to some other um arcade bar after that and like played skee ball and all this stuff and you know laid my move on her and yeah um <laughs> It was just a really good first date. This is date. totally
0: your uh, first date that I can 100, knowing Brit, I can 100% imagine this is a perfect first date for you, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it was just, like, it was the best first date I'd ever been on, you know, because yeah. most, most first, first dates, like, you know, like, they're just kind of awkward, you know? You don't know the person yeah. really well, like, yeah. you know, you don't want to go too in-depth with conversation, because you don't want to give all your baggage away to somebody, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we were just really deep with each other. Yeah. And, um. That's yeah, amazing. So, so, so then
0: so then what has this been? How long have you guys been together?
1: Uh during that uh well No, no, now. Now? Oh, yeah. it, uh 6 years.
0: Wow, so 6 yeah, years six later years you of guys March. you just just got married.
1: Yeah. Just that's, last September in 2023, so.
0: That's freaking amazing. Yeah. So how long did you guys stay in Chicago and then where
1: would you go next? So we were in Chicago till 2020 2021. I yeah. don't remember exactly which year that yeah. was. Yeah. But then we went to St. Louis cuz I took that job. Um for Scooter's Coffee. And I was like, well, I'll be traveling a lot because they wanted me to go from like, basically, the all right, so the position was actually a new market manager is what they named it, where basically what would happen is I would be in control of like eight to 10 corporate locations and then they'd sell them to franchisees and I'd train all of them and then move on to the next city. Yeah. So that was like the plan, right? Um, So I take this job and all I was doing was, like, going back and forth from Omaha to St. Louis, because that's where they were located at. Yeah. Um. And I wasn't really, like, being utilized for what I was hired for. You know, they were like, oh, like, go help this store out. Go do this. Go do that. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. You know, like, just waiting for the real work to to happen. Like, I'm a very patient person. That's fine. Whatever. And it was kind of awkward for a while, um, because, like, that part of the job never really came to fruition. Mm-hmm. They were like, well... I, it's not really being built out as quickly as we want, but, um, we have a district manager that's leaving, you know, would you be interested in taking over her pos- position? Cause she's going out. She, uh, she went to go have a kid. I think that's what mm-hmm. happened. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I've always wanted to be a DM. So like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So, but we had to migrate from St. Louis and we just moved there. Like, Oh, to Omaha. Yeah. Like three months prior or whatever. So it was a very short stint in St. Louis.
0: Um, Dude, where did you – well, never mind. I don't want to ask you that question because we'll get sidetracked. I heard from – I think I heard – I don't know who I heard this from. But I heard that you were in the movie theater when there was, like, a mass shooting that happened. Is this true? Yeah. No way. Yeah. When was this? Before or after you met Brit early? Way before. Oh, really? Yeah, this is, like, 2012. No way. Yeah, dude. I literally didn't believe it. I'm like, I think Grace told me, and I don't know who told her. But tell me about that. I have to hear this story. I have to. So. Like, in the theater or in the building? Like. In
1: the building. Got it. Yeah. So, we're like. All right. So, I was playing with our band. Right? Yeah. And my brother is a
0: huge,
1: huge Batman fan. Yeah. Like massive
0: i think the dark knight is
1: the greatest movie ever made Uh, it is hands down (laughs) no (laughs) it is the best movie ever made i don't care i don't care what anybody says i don't care what anybody says it's the best movie and
0: heath ledger's the greatest acting role ever i think he's the greatest acting role ever done because he died he gave his life for that role
1: oh really quick side tangent yeah dude heath ledger the the like, his acting skill is just insane. He literally was the Joker. Yeah. You know, he was doing that, and he was also being, um, uh, man, what's the famous singer? Bob Dylan. He was filming that movie. Oh, really? At the same time? At the same time. So he was, like, trying Wait, to be, like, and Bob Dylan, if you know anything about Bob Dylan, like, his life was fucking insane, like, so I didn't he's not know he two was filming that at the same time. At the same because time, because
0: I heard that he was one of those. I forget what they call it, but when the actor is just in the role all the time, yeah. Like I heard, like even off camera, he was the Joker. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. He was taking
1: all these like crazy sleeping pills and stuff, and
0: forcing himself to stay awake. Yeah, which would make him crazy. Oh, yeah. dude, that greatest movie of all time. Okay, it so, so anyway, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry,
1: sorry. So, uh, we all get done at this like. The show, and we were like, "Wow, shit! Are we gonna like make it to this like movie showing?" You know, and um, this this movie theater is in Aurora, right? And it's like one of our favorite movie theaters. We always would go because it's really fucking cheap, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and it's right by the Aurora Mall um, in Denver. So we're like, "Yeah, let's let's all go." Like, but we're really really hungry, so let's go get some Taco Bell first. So of course, we had to go get some Taco Bell. That is that is disgusting. And then we're like. Oh, it, <laughs> Oh, man, I still get down to talk Uh, about... I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) um, So we're, like, on our way to the movie theater, right? And it was kind of crazy because, like, we see all of these cops just, like, shooting down the street. you are like, oh, that's crazy. like, wonder what's going on. You know, so we all get there. You know, we get inside. And all you hear is, like, gunshots. No way. Yeah, dude. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? Inside the theater? Yeah, dude. So you're like... And at first, we all thought I thought it was just like part of the the movie or something like that. Yeah, but it was real gun gunshots, you know. And like you didn't realize it until you saw people running out of the theater. So you're like, never mind, let's dip, we're out.
0: What? Yeah. What? And remind me what happened that day, because I'm sure I saw the news. uh,
1: The dude's name was uh, James Holmes. Yeah, uh, that was the the serial killer. And basically, I guess, kind of what happened is he he basically dressed up as the Joker, um, went into the movie theater with, like, ballistic uh, armor and a bunch of, like, machine guns and AR-15s and shit, and was just shooting it up. Wow. Yeah. He ended up killing, I think, like, 12 or 13 people in the movie theater.
0: That is insane.
1: Yeah. That is and insane. And they later, like they found him and you know arrested him obviously but like went back to his house and it was all planned out like in writing everything that he was like trying to do um the the crazy thing what, what,
0: was 2012 when the dark it was at the dark knight or batman begins no actually
1: that was the the dark knight rises oh so it was trash. right after so dark knight was 2008 <laughs> yeah, yeah got yeah, yeah, it, yeah. got it but yeah this was 2012 and um that's crazy yeah dude the here's the crazy thing about James Holmes cuz like, I just, in my head, like, I've always been obsessed with it. Yeah. Because after you go through something like that, you're yeah, just yeah, like yeah. kind of obsessed. The crazy
0: to... thing for me is that you were there. Like, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, go ahead.
1: So, like, I've always been obsessed with the idea of, like, so he was a, a therapist. That's what he did for his life, you know, like, for his job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ended up being a yeah, psycho somebody. you know what i mean and it's like yeah for me i always find that really fascinating yeah
0: i want to hear what you took away from that day cuz that's a
1: that's a just that's gratitude i mean like at once again it's all gratitude cuz it's like
0: you would have for sure like, been been seeing the died. dark the dark night rises yeah you would have been in that movie theater yeah. if you went to the earlier show exactly
1: that's what i'm saying like it's like yeah you you just i don't know man it's it's just so many weird instances yeah that your life will like put you in yeah that just makes you grateful that some shit didn't actually happen. You know? And it's like, it's those moments for me, right? Like I'm not religious at all. I am very agnostic. I think there's something out there. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. I haven't really found it yet. I'm, I'm searching, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's in those instances where you're like, there's something <laughs> that saved me.
0: Undeniable. You know what I mean? Undeniable. It's like, well, oh, cause man, I've struggled with this. Why me? I have the why me syndrome.
1: Oh, hundred my brother died.
0: My friends have died. I have friends that are in prison forever. Yeah, I've made the same decisions, the exact same decisions that my friends who have died, my brother who's died, my friends who are in prison have made, and in most cases, I've made the decision more times than they did. Yeah. But I'm here. And not only am I here, like not, that's the, that, that. I would struggle with that part if that was just it but i actually struggle where it gets really difficult for me is not only am i here but i have this amazing life and i have all these amazing people in my life and i feel like i don't deserve it like i i struggle with that so much and How did you deserve it well faith helps a little bit right it it, it just it helps i was thinking about this today because Yeah, this could get deep, but some one part of Christianity is like, eh, as long as you accept Jesus as your savior, like you're good. And so like you it's it, there's no merit. There's no meritocracy in it, you know? That's mm-hmm. basically part of it. And even though I know that, it doesn't I I live my I try I live my life as if there is meritocracy in it, as if I have to earn it because I just feel like I don't, you know, I feel like I owe. Um, but it does help because then you say Cause, it, cause it gives, it almost gives your life. It almost motivates you to be like, well, am I here for a reason? Then do I have something to do? You know, like, cause I wasn't in the theater, and I could have easily been in the theater, yeah. or I didn't die, and I could have easily died, or I, I didn't end up in prison forever. So, um, yeah, it, it, that is a really interesting thing to think about, especially when you're an agnostic too. Like, man,
1: and it's like, what's going on? It could have been me. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, No, and it's like, I actually knew, I knew a friend that was in there, you know, that no way his leg got caught. No. Yeah, dude. And it's like, he definitely, he definitely had that. Like he took that away of like, why wasn't I one of the ones that died? That died. It was just my leg, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, that's it. Just that situation alone has made me, it, it made me terrified for like being around guns. For a very long time. Really? Right? And movie theaters. Mm. Like I would not step foot in a movie theater for probably six years after that.
0: I ain't gonna lie, Ronnie's here, one of the best theaters I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm now I just always sit next to the exit, dude. That's yeah. For me, that's the easiest thing. I gotta know where the exit is, and there's gotta be a little light. For me, like that's
0: yeah, it can't be pitch black. Yeah, like you
1: always gotta have a plan. Like, and it's it's sad to say that in like days like today, but it's like you always gotta have a plan of escape. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm not somebody who carries a gun. I'm very open to it now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's taken me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. But like I I gotta have some sort of backup plan if there's gonna be somebody who comes in and shoots up a place. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, you see, I've never in my life um yeah, I've never really been the type of person to use a gun. Um but I've seen like real evil. Like I I'm not a you have too, clearly. And so I'm not oblivious to like I'm just not naive enough to think that it could never happen to me. Like I could never find myself in a situation where somebody is threatening my life for no apparent reason, right? Um, Because it happens, it's not often, and the chances are very slim, but I would just, like, like, I just, I'm pro-gun, and I'm pro, and I actually would encourage everybody who can legally do it to own a gun, and know how to use it, because the other thing that I, my life experience has taught me is that you can outlaw guns, but w- the only thing that that's going to do is prevent people who abide by the law from having a gun. Yeah, exactly. Because criminals are always going to be criminals. Like, they're always going to be criminals. And so, I know criminals, and those people will have guns, and nice people like you will not. And so, like, I, when you realize that, and you just, like, I know it for a fact. Like, I used to buy stuff off this black market website called the Silk Road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's no longer a thing. But you could buy anything. I'm talking about anything. You could buy RPGs, grenades. You could buy people on it. No, I swear to God. It's really. That's
1: fucking crazy. It's
0: messed up. The guy, yeah, the guy that invented it, he got like double life. Like he's, you know, basically they ended his life. But. Um, Is it just
1: like a normal ass website? It's a black
0: market website. You need like you need like a a hacker or somebody that can get you on there. And then they only exchange in Bitcoin. Bitcoin was v- like relatively new at the time. It, back then it was forty dollars a coin. Think about that. Right now it's Man. I think it's over like forty thousand dollars a coin. But. Um, but yeah, so back then, I, you know, anyway, but that's what I know about criminals is you can say, hey, this is illegal, but they're going to get it. And so all the nice people are actually going to be the ones that get the short end of the stick. So I'm very, very pro 2A now, even though I don't carry a gun. I'm not even legally allowed to be around guns. Um, and it's crazy because you had that experience and it's cool that you've, you've come full circle, but even leaving that and being like, oh, I'm, a, I'm against guns, like for me, that's counterintuitive. Like somebody, yeah. I wish somebody else in that theater had a gun, yeah. you know, and would have saved 13 people of the 14 people's lives. Exactly. And, you know? Um, well, it's yeah, like,
1: dude, I come back to the, the idea now, later in life, where I'm like, you know, really it's, this could go down a deep, dark rabbit hole, but like, really it's the government. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? In a weird way, I feel like it's the government that's saying, like, oh, like, let's just, let's just plot, you know, and say, this side, you're not going to like guns. This side, you are going to like guns. But like, really, it's distracting from the real issue. The real issue isn't the guns. The issue is like, we're in a capitalistic country. Yeah. And that gives people anxiety and like all these crazy depression and mental health issues to want to go shoot up a place. You I know don't, what I mean?
0: I See, I, I've never understood that argument of it being capitalism. I actually think that capitalism, when it's you know implemented the way that it's supposed to be implemented, it's the greatest system in the world. I think it, it, there's free market competition, which is healthy for everybody involved. It's healthy for the consumer. It's healthy for the businesses. Like We have anti-monopoly laws, right? So... I I I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that capitalism drives people to the brink because if you look, the the only thing other the only other options you have is socialism and communism, and neither of those have ever worked in the history of Earth ever. Um, And not only that, but capitalism is the closest thing that resembles nature, right? In the sense that it's meritocratic. You eat what you kill. You have an opportunity. Everybody can do it. You have an opportunity, especially when you have these parameters, right, that P- that capitalists need to operate within, like the anti-monopoly laws. Right. Like they're they're antitrust laws. There's definitely uh, situations in which people can become too powerful, like I would argue Amazon right now is too powerful or mm-hmm. um, Elon Musk, he's not. He's just a savage. Yeah, he is. But, 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 (laughs) well, because he's in a, he's in, he's smart because he's in spaces that nobody else is in. Damn. like that's why he's that's why he's such a dog so i don't think that it really applies to him but amazon for example the the bigger amazon gets the harder it is for a small business to compete that's that to me is that's like where capitalism like
1: walmart that's that.
0: where capitalism parameters should come in and, and hedge that you know but anyway i don't i don't buy into it that it's capitalism i actually think that we have a mental health epidemic in our country and i i think that at the root of it is a couple things one of it is a big big um is a driving factor of what we do here in omen but that one is that human beings did not evolve to live in these individual silos you know i call it like toxic individualism you know we have this whole You know, the nuclear family, I think that's a psyop. That is not that's not a real thing. Humans lived in villages for their entire existence until we got to a place that we were so prosperous that you could get into a house with just man, woman, and child, and you know, lock your door and never have to interact with anybody else. We have so much technology, you can get your groceries delivered to you, you can put a fence around your yard. And so that is you the more that we embrace that, because it's getting worse, like that they started with the nuclear family, and now it's like some dude living in an apartment by himself with VR goggles on, and he never leaves the house. Like, yeah, dude, this, this that is it is it is so detrimental to your mental health to never have human to human connection. This is why I have a coffee shop rather than a coffee company. It, my background, I could have easily started a coffee company and sold coffee online direct to consumer. Remember we were talking in the beginning, brand yeah. is everything. I could have built a brand, sold coffee online, direct to consumer, and literally been profitable my first month. Instead, I risked everything I have to build a coffee shop because this is all about what we're doing right now, which is to getting humans to sit across the table from each other again and connect with each other in real life. What we try to do, and this is when I hired you, I told you, our goal with every customer with every interaction is to remind them of how irreplaceable interacting with another human being really is. And you can't get that online. As a society, we've convinced ourselves that connecting with people through a digital medium is somehow similar or the same as connecting with them in real life, and it's, it's not. not. It's just not. And so I think that we have a mental health epidemic, and, and you've heard me say this before, but we're, we, we are more connected than we've ever been, but we are more disconnected emotionally and socially than we've ever been and it's crazy how those two things can coexist at the same exact time and I think that that's one of the things that's at the root of it and then I also think that we live in an age where there is so much information available and I don't want to be dramatic and call it propaganda but the reality is these algorithmic machines like Google and Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok and all these they know one thing about us which is that we are addicted to sensationalized things like so sex violence all these things and as much as you know watching the Brady Bunch might be healthier for us our, it doesn't feed that like dopamine Damn. craving that we want, you know, and so we are constantly living in this state of comparison, this state of, you know, we're, we're inducing anxiety when we scroll on TikTok. Have you ever been in a, I call it being in, the uh, like, like me and Grace, I'll be like, uh, they say doom scroll or, you know, um, stuck in the matrix is what I call it. But like, I'll like be scrolling for a little while. I don't know if you've ever experienced this and then I'll like look up and like when I look up, like it's palpable. Like it's like, I feel like I just pulled my head from underwater. Like that's how it's noticeable. And I'm like, and I noticed that's what happens. And and some people live like that. Like every spare moment of their time when they're not working or, you know, they have to be engaged with something is spent like that. And When you take those two things into account, like that people don't have real friends anymore, they have Instagram friends or Facebook friends or TikTok followers or they don't talk to each other. I used to I used to literally coach these influencers and I've had people with, you know, one hundred thousand to two million followers. These are some of the loneliest people I ever met in my life. They would talk to me constantly, all day, and I was supposed to be a professional coach to them, and they are just talking to me, and I knew at one point, I knew it. They don't have anybody else to talk to. These followers are not real people. They're just words on a screen to them. They've lost sight of the fact that they're real human beings on the other side. And so I just would argue vehemently against the fact that capitalism is at the root of why we're seeing a, an uptick in these like psychotic episodes, violent crimes. I really think, man, be, because you've experienced this, you've experienced this. You can have nothing and be happy. Yeah. You can. Yeah. So, so it cannot be capitalism. It cannot because I have had nothing and I've been so happy at that, at that time. The happiest day of my life, I was in prison. Swear to God. And I'll never forget it. You I cry. me. for real. Yeah, you can have nothing sense. and be happy if you have people around you that care about you. If you have a purpose, you have something to work towards. So, I've heard that from people, and I'm just like, I always want to because truly, capitalism is the greatest gift that you've been given because it gives you the opportunity to build something for you and your wife. Whereas like communism, socialism, you're capped. You're yeah. you're you, wherever you're born, that's where you're at. That's like, it. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I came home from prison with nothing and I had a six figure business in less than a year. So like capitalism is like, whoo, bring on the capitalism for me. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 Rain down. real quick before we jump back in. I just want to remind everybody, um, first of all, uh, if you um, if you haven't left a rating for, um, you know, the show, please do that. It takes like two seconds. I know that uh, this conversation has been just as valuable, if not even more valuable than the others. So I know you're enjoying it. I know you got a lot of value out of it so far. Do us a favor, take a second, rate the show, uh, share the show if you enjoyed it. Um, you know, that helps us a lot. We don't really, you know, pump the show um, because uh, I'm somewhat controversial on the internet. My thrott- my my traction gets throttled all the time. So um, so anyway, yeah, uh, the best way for the show to grow is for you guys to share it. And we care a lot about what we're doing here. And, uh, we think that a lot of people would like to hear the show. So, um, so that, and then, uh, last but not least, really the whole premise of this show, um, is, is if, if you're a first time listener, this is, this is important. You know, what we're doing here at Omen Coffee Co. is, um, you know, it's just more than than immediately would meet the eye, right? We, we, we're a coffee shop here in St. Louis, uh, but we've really, really been building this amazing community. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, if you ever came here, if you're from St. Louis, stop in. If you're not from St. Louis and you ever come to St. Louis, you got to stop in. But it's immediately when you walk in, you will notice. You know, there's a palpable energy in the air. And it's because of the people who make up our community and it's because of the intent with which we, we open our doors every single day. But we're really on this mission, like we mentioned earlier in the show, to just remind people of how irreplaceable you know, that human to human connection is. And, and, uh, and not only that, but we're really trying to get the people here in our city to re-embrace this concept of uh, you know it takes a village. It takes a village, not just to raise a child, but everybody needs a village. And, um, you know, and and we've got a men's group that meets here uh, every other Wednesday night. We've got a women's group that meets here every other Thursday night. We've got a run group that meets on Saturday mornings. We've got free weekly uh, group workouts that are open only to our community at one of the nicest fitness studios in in all of St. Louis. We throw these amazing ragers, like parties that we call Omen Socials, um, where like literally just our customers, like a bunch of strangers come together at a party that we host and it's a coffee shop and they come and they party together and they get to know each other it's like we are um trying to build um like a community the way that they used to be right where you knew people's first names you knew what they did for work where you saw kids you know down the street and you said oh yeah those are the johnson's kids or whatever the old that old-fashioned kind of community had such charm and you know what like um Another thing that's important is like back then, people could agree to disagree. Like, Brian is agnostic and I'm religious. Or, you know, when you walk into our shop, when you walk into our shop, it's the most amazing thing ever. There's so much social tension. Well, at least the social media and mainstream media would have you believe that there is so much social tension in our society right now. But when you walk into our shop at any point, there's black people in here. There's white people in here. There's gay people in here. There's straight people in here. There's people who voted for Joe Biden. There's people who voted for Donald Trump. There's all you know. There's all these different kinds of people from all different races, ethnicities, backgrounds, cultures, uh, belief systems. And you know what? When they're in here, they don't give a shit about any of that. They like each other because it's hard to hate up close. And, and so all all of this is it, it encompasses sort of what we're doing here. And people have fully embraced the concept, but as I opened up the coffee shop, one of my favorite parts so far has just been meeting all these amazing people, all the people that come to our shop and they support us every day. And I I, I I, would go home every day and I would talk to Grace about like, man, do you know that this guy did this? Or do you know that, man, this girl, she works over here and it's, you know, tell her these stories. And I said, man, I want to share these stories with the world. I Better yet, I want to share the spotlight that I've created for myself over the past several years and I want to share it with these people. I want to share it with the people who make up our community because they deserve it and because their stories need to be heard and because there's so many life lessons and such valuable perspective to share and so started the podcast it's called the good omen podcast and uh, every single person who's been on the podcast so far is an active member of our community we're going to keep it that way we're going to keep doing it that way some of them are people who are a part of our online community like maggie and heather they don't live here in st louis they buy our coffee online they promote it all every chance they get big fans of our brand Um, and so we've had them on the show but everybody else is somebody who comes to our shop on a regular basis and they just have a lot of value to offer and brian Brian here is, uh, man, he's like, I mean, he is he is the shop. I mean, there's only three of us really that work here full time, and Brian's one of them. We all share the workload. So, um, so anyway, that's the whole premise of the show. Um, we have the Dobis community. If you're not a part of it yet because you're listening because somebody shared the show, you should buy a bag of coffee uh, first and for- for- foremost. It's fire. Trust me. You know how I know? Because the way that we roasted it was if if I thought it tasted good, we kept it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so I just want to get through that. Every episode, I do try to remind people because I I lose. I just get so caught up in the episode itself and the conversation that I forget that I'm supposed to ask for you guys to rate the show, supposed to ask for you guys to share the show, and I'm supposed to tell any first timers how the show came about. So there we go. Uh, But, dude, okay, so let's I think we've covered a lot of. You know a lot of value honestly I love it man you just you tackled the question and man you hit me with some stuff I didn't know about you um I would like to bring bring us to sort of the present and um and since you you know just leading off of what I just shared with the audience here um you know I want to hear a little bit about your experience so far you know being a part of the omen community and And what you've taken from this, what's been the best part, what's been the hardest part, you know, kind of, yeah, sure. Share some of your thoughts on that.
1: Dude, all right. Present day. Um, Well, first and foremost, like, I am the happiest I've ever been uh, at a job ever. Yeah. You know, like, right now, it it kind of, I would say that it's not a job, actually. I would take that back. Yeah. This is more of career Mm -hmm. for me. You know, this is more, like, I don't know when I, when I, for instance, right? Like when I, when I married Brit, it's just a different form of commitment that I made, mm-hmm. right? Like you can be dating somebody for however long, but until you go through the motion of like, here's this piece of paper that you're going to sign, here's a ring and you're going to vow to this person in front of everybody that you love, that you love them. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just a different form of commitment and like at Omen, I feel like that's how I feel current state is like, I'm just committed to the community. I feel committed to the shop. I feel committed to you to help bring this to life and to really build it and scale it. You know, it's something I'm truly excited about, you know, for the first time in a while, you know, like going, going back for a hot second to, to Starbucks. Like I didn't feel that way anymore about that company at all. You know, like, I felt very replaceable. I felt like there was 500 other Brian's going for the same position to just go for the next position because it was what was next. Yeah, You know, there was no true passion anymore. Yeah. You know? um, and the thing that I really have appreciated is I'm coming back, right? Like I have all of this retail leadership experience that I'm taking with me. And right now I'm, I'm working as a barista,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: And so like current state, A, it's very humbling to be like, Oh shit, I almost forgot how hard this is. Yeah. You know, it's it's extremely hard to be a barista. Mm-hmm. It just is, you know, like and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand the it's amount high pressure, high
0: stress and then high skill required. Yes. Yeah.
1: And the the amount of attention that it takes for you to really be able to like all right, you're going to not only are you going to have a great conversation with somebody, right? But you're also going to give them an amazing cup of coffee and maintain the atmosphere on top of it. yeah people.
0: you have to own the whole space all at once all, at you, all the time
1: all exactly yeah you know so like for me it's been very humbling to be like oh man this is the first time i've had to just like be in a barista shoes for say uh since 2010 yeah was the last time i was a barista yeah it was when i was uh 16 years old that's crazy you know? now, i'm 29 now and i'm like you know, there's moments where I'm like, damn, dude, I'm a barista. This is is crazy to think about. Like, did I go backwards? Like what the fuck just happened? Me too. But I'm like, you know, like I'm so committed to the fact that like, dude, we're going to build this thing. Yeah. Up one person at a time.
0: Yeah. It's the only way you could do it. You know, it's literally the only way. And it is, it's going to be massive. I really think so. Uh, I think the same thing, if it makes you feel any better, I'm like, wow, I walked away from a job where I was making multiple six figures, you know, I'd get a, $10,000 $10,000 paycheck in my account bi-weekly. Like, I couldn't spend I couldn't spend my money fast enough. Yeah, like, exactly. what, what am I going to buy this week? I, right. I, I don't know. And now I'm poor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally poor. <laughs> um, But you know, I think, man, I went backwards. Did I go backwards? In fact, it was crazy because, Grace, the other day I had a call with one of the people who sell our coffee online. And, you know, this is what I used to do, teaching somebody how to sell online. Like, it's very easy, you know. And so... I got off the call and I'm like, so it said the Grace, "Damn, I'm good. Like I could, I could, I could do that. I I just crushed that call. Like I, <laughs> I'm like, it was 30 minutes on the dot. That's kind of like how my calls used to be. It was 30 minutes on the dot. I didn't even look at my at the clock. I I built rapport in the beginning and then I got all this value. Like I crushed that call. And she's like, man, she said to me, and it stuck out to me. I don't, I didn't like let on to her, but she was like, wow, it's really nice to see you. Like." Feel like like you're good at something. Like I haven't seen you in in a long time. Feel like you're good at something, and I'm like, oh, oh that's that's, sad. that's my bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But for real, like I to your point though, like I think like man, I have all this experience. Like I literally used to make two hundred thousand dollars a year. Like, um, and now I'm poor, and I'm trying, and I feel like I don't know what I need to know in order to make my business, you know, efficient and profitable, and all these things. So. Um, I feel you. I yeah, feel man. you, brother. But we're in this together. But yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> no,
1: and that's what I keep coming back to is it's like, all right, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in this like a marriage for like that's how mm-hmm. it feels, you know? Like I'm in a marriage with two other people, yeah. you know, like where you have a set of values, Lau has a set of values, I have a set of values, and we all have to make it all work. Got to make it work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, like I have a different set of experience. You have a different set of experience. Lau has a different mm-hmm. set of experience. But we just make it work. Like, it's a triangle of like, we really do. Sacrifice and love. It really is.
0: You got to read the book that I told you to read. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. But anyway, in there, he talks a little bit about like the difference between like, what does he say? Corporate smart and restaurant smart. So, like, there's people who are like just super passion driven people that have like, like, you go, like, a lot of times these people have some of the most exceptional hospitality experiences in the world because they're very passion driven and they go the extra mile and they're detail oriented and they have this vision and they just got to bring the vision to life. And the problem is those people usually have these one-off experiences. So let's say if it's a restaurant, they have one restaurant that is amazing. It's one of the best restaurants in the world. Um, But then on the other side, he had this mentor who he started Shake Shack so shake shack obviously is a franchise chain so there's uh, thousands of them right and he he's like a um a restaurant smart person very rarely is able to create a shake shack because that that's not replicable like mm-hmm. there's no systems there's no and then corporate smart they're not able to k- replicate the experience that you could do over here but they're so they're they're a machine you know and Anyway, when I first met you, it was I had already read that part of the book and I was like, wow, this would be great because I'm this guy (laughs) and Brian's that guy. guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's they, you know, in the book, that's what he talks about. It's the only way that it ever works is if somebody either gets educated from both industries or um, if you have, you know, two people who are you know that have basically equal say in a company that that can bring those two different perspectives together and then you usually you know you play tug of war and sometimes you win sometimes the other person wins but um so who's your favorite customer so far
1: oh man that's hard uh, <laughs> all of them i don't know yeah uh, i don't know if i can put anybody on a platter like that dude like yeah. i i honestly like there are a few people that will come in and i'm like man, I just feel happier now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like one of them, one of them is named T, right? Like Tiara.
0: Oh, she's, she's a G.
1: You know, like she comes in and she'll sit at the bar and like, we. you know what's crazy? Like her and I don't really talk all that much. Yeah. But the conversation that we have is just like, I don't know. She's just so nice. I know. She's nice. You know what I mean? And like, she, it brightens my day every time.
0: She really is. Every single day. Yeah. You know? Kelsey too. Kelsey was yeah, one of Kelsey's my, cool. Kelsey was one of my early favorites. Cause she's just so nice all the time. Yeah. Same, same, same. Um, Nina. Nina,
1: dude, uh-huh. uh- don't get me started. <laughs> Nina. Like at first, when I first met Nina, I was very intimidated by Nina. Really? Yeah. Cause I was like, Oh man, like she wants her coffee the way the, that she the wants. The way it. it's
0: made. You know yes. what I mean? I was
1: like, Oh, but actually I come from somewhere yeah. where I know exactly how to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, I know how to make it to your tea, like and yeah, make yeah. It perfect, uh, but dude, she's such a sweetheart. Like, yeah. And yeah, she yeah. warms my heart.
0: You know, one thing I have, um, I have two more questions. One is what was there anything specific that I said? Because you, uh, you left a position where you're making really more than double what you're making now. Um, to come and work for Omen, and so that's obviously a big deal. Like, um, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but like, I've been in a similar situation. Actually, it's so funny because all the leadership here, me, you, and Lau, all have done that before. Um, but you left a job where you're making double what you make now to come and and basically go back to square one again. So, was there any part of that process? Because I know there's people that are listening that are like you know, they hate their job,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: they want to do something else, but, you know, they logic themselves out of it. Oh, but I got benefits or I've got this or I've got that. So one, are you happy you made the decision? And then two, was there any, was there anything like that, that I said through the process that was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. Or like, what you know, where was the thought process?
1: Man. So I struggled with it, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. you know, because like when you're with a company for that long, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, all right, I know I'm going to get taken care of, even though like, you know, I'm one of those people that I live my life in seasons, yeah. right? Like, and that's just what I believe. Like I was going through a season that was really hard at Starbucks and I was like, I will come out the end of that. Yeah. You know, like all eventually it'll be a better season, you yeah. know, but I'd been in such a dark fucking season for so long at this point. I was like, am I like, yeah, and I just started double guessing it, double guessing it. I have this amazing coffee shop right next to where I live and there's a dude that just seems like he's got vision, Yeah, you know? And it's, I don't know. Like the thing that was going through my mind is yeah. A right. Like I just got married, you know, we're thinking about kids eventually and it's like, is money and benefits on my mind? Absolutely. Like for me, that was the number one thing that was tugging me away from making this decision Mm -hmm. was like, you know, yeah, happiness is um important, right, but is it? <laughs> <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> like a hundred percent, I wish I could say that yeah. I, that wasn't the case, but like for me, I was like, I could just be unhappy for a while just so that I can like make it work, yeah, and like just make more money, yeah, just because the money difference That's crazy. the money gap was just so intense, yeah, you know, and I was like, I don't know if I could do it, but the more I thought about it, I was like. Happiness is everything, dude. Like it is. Yeah. You know, and like the the deciding factor for me to answer both of your questions, mm-hmm. like the deciding factor for me to make the jump actually had nothing to do with anything you said. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I already bought into the idea when I came in here. You yeah. know, because like as a customer coming in, I was like, I I wanna deliver that experience to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, and I want to put some systems in place. You know what I mean? To like (laughs) scale the shit out of it. You know, because like in my head, I'm like, all I see is dollar signs for Omen. I'm like, dude, like,
0: yeah, this this, could be great. This could be
1: amazing. (laughs) You know? And like, so for me, the, yeah, the deciding factor really was just like, I want to be part of something bigger. Mm A, B, I want to be part of something that I feel like I can impact every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, and at Omen, I really feel that way. I really feel like, I'm impacting the community mm-hmm. and, you know, eventually I feel like I'll be able to impact the business every yeah. single day, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like the deciding just factor. just want to be dude. important again. Yeah. yeah like, cause it, it's just hard. Like when you're in the corporate lingo, dude, like it's very easy to coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can coast at a job for a really long time and just be okay with it. Yeah. You know, but like for me, I'm just, I'm no, I've never started a business, you know, but I'm very entrepreneurial at heart. Like, yeah, I want to be part of something wanna, that's huge.
0: You want to build? Yeah. I want to build. I think, I think people love the building process. Like, it's just, it's a, it's addicting. You cannot not love it, but it's very hard. We've talked about this. I don't think, I, I'm not in the camp. Like, man, it's like a, popular thing right now that everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and you can just build your own business and work for yourself. And uh, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, man, this, this shit is hard. What <laughs> did, what did it, what, did, what was it? You brought something up that I said and I didn't realize I said it, but it was like something about like Grace and I hadn't, what did I, I, oh, in the men's group, I think it was in the men's group. I, I pat myself on the back, kind of let everybody know, man, listen, man, <clears throat> Me and Grace started going to church together on Sunday mornings. not even all day Sunday. I've started to give Grace Sunday, the first half of Sunday until noon or one o'clock on Sunday mornings from wake up to one o'clock. That's Grace's time. That's the most time I've given her really in our entire relationship. But like we haven't even. We've never had a regular day where we actually do anything together. Um, and Brian came back and he was like, man, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> like, dude, this entrepreneur life is not for everyone. It's not healthy for relationships. Let me tell,
1: let me tell you guys how much of a savage Mark is for a second because <laughs> you say that, right? But what happened last Sunday? Both of y'all were in here with me. Oh, yeah. On Sunday morning. Yeah. That's, until 2 p.m. That's you know back. what I mean? So it's like, that's no, you're still sacrificing the time that you put down.
0: I came. Yeah, I came. Yeah, that's right. We came right from the workout. Yeah, yeah dude. Whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, dude, I just want to say thanks a lot for coming on, man. I, I really enjoyed the episode. I think this is going to be a great episode and people are going to enjoy it a lot. Um. So, uh, yeah. Any closing thoughts?
1: Closing thoughts. Man, I'm just a I'm just stoked to be a part of the community. Yeah. I'm stoked to be working with you every single day, you know, like. For me, I just, I wake up and I'm excited.
0: Well, the feeling is mutual, brother, you know? for real. It, it really is. I'm so pumped that I have you here. Um, I can't wait to build. Uh, I feel like we're not even building, but we are. But, yeah. but I can't wait to build more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, and uh, guys, if you're listening, you're in St. Louis, stop by, say hi to Brian next time you see him.